So you know my dog is like 70 pounds now. Yeah. He's a swole ass motherfucker. Right, but he's like a gentle little, you know, puppy. He's really cool, really chill. Uh-huh. So yesterday I took him out to go walk him. And you know those steps by my house, you gotta like, it's like three little steps. So I went like pet, 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 but he thought we were running. And he drug me down the uh the <laughs> parking garage. Now my whole shit is out of whack because I was drugged by a 70 pound people. Yeah, he doesn't know he's yeah. a big dog. He nah. still thinks he's a little puppy. Every time I see him, he jumps on me <laughs> and he, he's just. You gotta brace yourself. Yeah. It's like a linebacker just it is coming like a linebacker. to give you a hug, but he's tackling you. And you're right. like, yo, chill. But I'm not stronger than the dog, so I can't overpower. <laughs> he just, he does the cutest thing though. Uh, when he goes, he needs to use the restroom. He goes, taps the bell. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Amazon, seven dollars. Super cute. Hang him on the door. He and goes. Then he just sits down and waits. Door. And, oh, it's so adorable. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Welcome, welcome everybody. Uh, episode five, we out here. Yeah, we out here. Still floating. Doing our thing. S- still saving the world. One podcast at a time. One million subscribers already. We're on <laughs> I- iTunes now. We're blessed, man. Yes, we're not. We don't have uh, a million. <laughs> Riley believed us for a second. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're we're on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe. Definitely. We're on Pippa. <laughs> yeah, we if, got. if you got an Android, we got you too. Yeah, Go to we got Pippa, you too. and however you use your Android, <laughs> however you download do it. it. <laughs> we uploaded the the Instagram page too. It looks nice. It does. Just, it's OCD friendly, yes, aesthetically it's... pleasing. So go check us out, man. Follow us on Instagram, the Exit Strategy Podcast. Yep. What's been going on in the news today? This man, is... a lot. Yeah. A lot's been going Something on. Something scary happened yesterday. I said, it's been a slow news week. Yeah. We're probably going to get a shooting today. Oh, you did say yes. that yesterday. And then, uh, lo and behold, boom. I, wow. I, I don't want to sound too crazy when I say this, but I feel like we're cycled. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Every time things calm down a little bit more, yeah, somebody yeah. else pull out boom. a gun and say, I can stoop it. Yeah, we can't have a... We had a relatively chill... Yeah. Three days. I know a lot of shit's been going on. But, but it's it was, really been buildup of other shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Another white person called the police on a black person. Right. Another one, you know? So it just it just seems like it's a, that cycle that just happened again. But you know what's so funny about that? Like, Sean Hannity was on his show, like, moments after the news broke and was like, thanks, Maxine, as if Maxine Waters had anything to do with this. Uh-huh. And I would argue that Trump has more to do with this than Maxine mm-hmm. because... Trump is, has made it very clear that he has this war, this vendetta against the media. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, like, while we don't know a lot of the facts just yet because they're still investigating this, this situation right now, but um, if you're going to put it on anybody that's a politician or anything like that, you can't look past Donald J. Trump for inciting this kind of, you know, violence. He's used to that. You know what I mean? This is his, his M.O. Yeah, you this know? is true. He's a master at creating chaos. Absolutely. Now, on the other hand... Both sides of the media have been playing this game. True. And nobody's nobody's innocent. There's blood on everybody's yeah. head. Yeah. Uh, Maxine's been receiving a lot of death threats too. Yeah, but Maxine down with uh, 
Jay Prince. I don't know if they want that. Oh yeah, they. <laughs> you don't, don't want know. you don't want smoke with Jay Prince. You don't want no smoke with Jay Prince. He had you dropping your whole diss album. Did Just did he forget did all he, about the diss album, <laughs> the diss track? Did Just, he back Maxine Walter? What was this? He he. Well, he was in some trouble back in the days. It was on the uh, the Breakfast Club. He was okay. talking about how like he was in some trouble back in the days, and Maxine Water stepped in and was like, "Yo, I'm vouching for him." Da 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 da. You know. Nice. So they be so they became really cool. You know what I mean? And I think that he would ride for her based on the relationship he described in the, in the interview. It was mm-hmm. like, "Yo, like I really mess with Maxine. Like, you yeah. know, she really was there for me when I needed it." Because the people was trying to like like the government was trying to like take Jay Prince down. And she kind of stepped in and was like, y'all ain't going to do this brother like that. Yeah. And so she got a friend for life. So they don't want it with Jay Prince. No. He was describing you know? his uh, incident with Al Gore where they wanted him to go to, that, to church. To church, and right. And he got pulled over, and they're like, pull over over here. And he's yeah. like, nah, I'm going to go over here. Right. Yeah. That was cool, man. That's dope. Maxine ain't nothing to fuck with. She not. <laughs> she not. She let you know. She was like, ah, Nah. I'm unbothered by all of this. That so, makes me feel uh, comforted a little bit. You know? Does it? A little bit. Does it make you feel comforted enough to vote? You see uh, what happened? Do you see what happens because you don't vote? What happened? His, listen, the Supreme Court justice, my man, is, mm-hmm. is retiring, which means that Donald Trump gets to add some more influence onto the Supreme Court. So that that may not mean a lot to you right now, but it mm-hmm. should mean a lot to people you know, in the future, like your children. Because what if they... What if they, uh, they they're already the, the people who are against like abortions? They're already figuring out how they can drum up this whole idea of Roe versus Wade again, yeah. right? So if we if Donald Trump puts in a very conservative anti-abortion, you know, Supreme Court justice, mm-hmm. we're gonna go backwards. That's and true. it's because people didn't vote the right way. And I get it. Don't get me wrong. Like I understand what the argument is. The argument is that Hillary wasn't shit. Yeah. And I'm just not gonna vote at all. But those those things like that, being apathetic like that, it I hate to say it, but the lesser of two evil, while it's still too evil, mm-hmm. you what you want to deal with? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna have to deal with evil anyway. The lesser of the two seems ideal. Yes, that's true. And so you have to get out and vote because of things like this. It, I know it's seen you, you nobody had in this idea in their head that, oh, he's going to control all these different co- branches of the government. You know what I'm saying? He already has a Republican Congress. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to have the Republican Supreme Court. I think he already, didn't he, wasn't a... Uh, it, st- it was kind of yeah. split. You feel what I'm saying? And this guy who's leaving is he's, relatively he moderate. moderate. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So now it's going to be all the way on the other side, Man. you know? And then, you know, Lord protect Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She on her last leg. She about 97, 98. She, <laughs> So we got to hope that she, like, hold on, too. You feel me? Yeah. Because then that's going to be another seat that's wide open for him to take. And Obama didn't get his last Supreme Court justice approved. Right. Because the Republicans were playing super defense on him that last year. Uh, I saw this one article that said uh, the amount of times that it or the amount of days that it took Obama to get things passed where it was like nearly doubled of versus course any other president. Of course it was. This was all, that was all about racism. Right. Straight up. There's no other way you can color it. It's like, look, we don't like you. Mm-hmm. You are inexperienced and you're black. Yeah. So we're going to do everything in our power to make it so that your legacy is tarnished or that you don't get anything. So it's like, and that's, that's not to say that he had a perfect presidency. That's not mm-hmm. to say that at all. But what I am saying is his efforts were thwarted by these Republicans. That's true. That's true. I think Obama's going to, once his policies set in, mm-hmm. 
because he had a lot of blanket policies, right. healthcare, things of that nature. Um, once his policy set in, I think he's going to be a top ten president. I think so. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, you know who's overrated? Ronald Reagan. He, Ronald Reagan is. He was hella overrated. They Republicans talk about this guy like he was God. Yeah. And I watched this documentary on him. I was like, he was weak. You know, the he thing had about Alzheimer's. The, he was. He got the, shot. The thing about um, Ronald Reagan that pissed me off a little bit is because, like Ronald Reagan, I feel like there was a conscious effort with the drug game. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like that was a conscious effort that happened where it was like we're gonna go down here in these little Latin American countries and we're gonna do whatever, whatever, put these drugs in these black neighborhoods. You know, all that kind of thing. And then Reaganomics was a mess. Yes. You know what I mean? It's just like. You know what else came from uh, Reagan Bush? Crime Bill Act. Absolutely. So the Crime Bill Act. Well, that uh, was something that. That was George Bush. Now, but, but Bill Clinton and his, and his Bill camp. Clinton had to negotiate uh, policies and threw the Crime Bill in. Crime Bill originally, it sounds good on paper. Mm-hmm. And what that did was, hey, we're providing more money for police so right. they could do their job. We're giving them more money. That meant police were happy. They were getting paid. When George Bush cut taxes um, after Bill Clinton passed the bill, George Bush cut taxes, then uh, police had to make their own money. Mm. So they had to go out and give tickets and uh, fine crime to prove that they're worth. Because now you have all these cops that are bored with nothing to do. So now they have to go find shit. And now you have... The crime bill, which Bill Clinton did take responsibility for. I saw him at the uh, NAACP. I don't care. But that's politics. On paper, I mean, on paper, we do. It still was the idea. It it, it really disrupted a whole bunch of families because people were going to jail for, like, you know. And when your pension is tied into privatized prisons, yeah, man, that's then you're. But you would think, right? You would think that if y'all have all these prisons with, with, like, you know, this space. If y'all want to put these these immigrants in there, you would think they would say, well, let's just transition from this to that. That way, it's still wrong, but yeah. that's how you keep money. Because, you know, they say they, they these private prisons be suing these states when they don't have yeah. 99% uh-huh. occupancy. It's like, how the hell did y'all negotiate that? Yeah, but you couldn't put kids in prison. That not, would not, be but, wild. But it, I mean, it wouldn't, yeah, be a, yeah, yeah. it wouldn't be a prison, but uh-huh. it's not like... I, did you see that Jaden Smith uh, video that he was talking about schools are built like prisons. They absolutely they, are. That, they absolutely are. I agree with that. I went out. This was a school right across the street from my house that had no windows. No windows, bro. My school had no windows it's either. It's like, what kind of shit is this? Just concrete walls. Everything's facing forward. Yeah. You listen to the bell. It makes sense. His argument made sense. Jaden Smith may be a little too woke, but we're not. We're not ready for Jaden. No, that's what it is. Like I, I was, I was never one of those people who kind of like bashed uh, the Smith kids because mm-hmm. I'm like. I don't know what they're talking about, but it sounds like they know what they're talking about. You I think know they what know saying? what they, they're talking about. Yeah. I, I think uh, that's the, that is the freedom that wealth gives yeah, them. absolutely. And we shouldn't hate on them. Not only, not only that, the album, Jaden Smith's album. Yeah, you can't hate on that. It was good. It was a really good, it was a solid project. Yes. I'm not mad at uh, Jaden Smith. I saw him live. Yeah. And... I don't. I don't say people have the juice often. Yes, you do. What Nip- are you talking Nip- about? Nipsey Hussle got <laughs> you the do, juice. You actually do <laughs> say that people have the juice That's true. often. That's true. Uh, goddamn, Jaden Smith got the juice, boy. <laughs> I, I watched him perform uh, "Icon" and he. The moonwalk was beautiful. Yeah, 
It's smooth? It's smooth. With, like, a, L, with a V, I mean? Smooth? S-M-O-O-O-V-E. Smooth. Wow. That boy got the juice. Jay Smith got the juice of the week. That's what we need to start doing. Give yeah, we need to start having a segment. Who got the juice of the, of the week? week? That's next Jayden week. We're going to start it. This week, our first juice of the week goes to Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith. That boy had, it, he left me no choice but to be his fan. <laughs> and his visuals are good. The album's great. Yeah, Even yeah, his newest yeah. hit, solid. Yeah. I like where he's going, man. I think he's a good kid and uh, he's a good young adult. And I think yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's a swaggy individual. Speaking of Michael Jackson, Joe, what? Were we speaking of Michael Jackson? Moonwalk. You, okay. Connect. You, my Just transitions. Connect. My transitions are too. I'm rolling with you. You got to go with it. Okay. Got to go with it. Joe Jackson died. Joe Jackson. Rest in peace. The kingmaker. Joe Jackson. Was he a kingmaker? Yeah, he made the king. He made the king of pop. He absolutely did. And he he here's the thing. Mm-hmm. While his tactics were could be viewed as like uh, abusive, abusive, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, I think that he had really good intentions. It wasn't like he was keeping these kids captured. He was like work hard, develop this work ethic, and this is the only way he knew how to do it. And that's not to say that it was it wasn't wrong or it wasn't you know detrimental. It wasn't mm-hmm. something that affected these children in the long run. But it was the only way he knew how to do it. That's and fair. he did it with such proficiency that he created something that the world has never seen. Right. And this was a family of musicians where he had. At, we gonna count. We gonna say. At the, at the very least, two giant stars came yeah. out of that family. At the very least, you know, two giant stars came out of that family, and it was a direct a direct correlation between his style of parenting. Now, listen, I'm not I'm not advocating for people to go out there and abuse their children so they can get, you know, superstars because mm-hmm. I don't think um, brother knows did that to Beyonce. No. So it, it can't be done without that. I'm just saying that this was the way that he was doing it in whenever the time Michael Jackson Indiana, was born. Yeah, yeah. Indiana wasn't a, a fun place to it be. Was, exactly. It was a very, yeah, they didn't live in a good But he was being, think. now he was abusive when they had money in L.A. too. You know what I'm saying? Because That's think true. about it. Like, you don't lose that, yeah, those that, tendencies <laughs> when you get money. Like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I got money now. I don't need to be abusive. And You're, don't get me wrong. All of my information is coming from the Jackson 5 movie. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I have no kind of like, you know, <laughs> reference. I don't know any of this inside scoop about their their life or anything like that. It's all coming from Lawrence Fishburne. Right. <laughs> uh, when he was talking to his girlfriend on the phone and the wife was listening, yeah. she came. That's all I remember. Yeah. Him, him having a fraud. I don't want uh, you. Jackson I don't want you. I don't want you no more. That's my favorite part. Angela Bassett was the truth, man. She's a good crier. She's she is. It's like Angela Bassett, um, Viola Davis. Oh, you know Viola what I'm saying? Da- you know who else got a good cry that's uh-huh. underrated? Um, Regina King. Like Regina King got a good like her, the, you know her cry is good. She put that little vibrato in there. So you know she's serious. We mm-hmm. try to talk through that cry. She's really good at that. She has something coming out too. She's she's like the manager of like a Hooters esque restaurant. Yeah, yeah. It. I don't think we. I don't think that we appreciate Regina King no. as much. When as I found out she, she played both the Boondocks, she played. Kid, not only did she Riley play both, but he, she's been. A, was, she's the only person that I can think of that was like a child star that became a huge success with uh-huh. no scandal. Like right. you never heard anything about Regina King. At least Stays I never heard. In the pocket, yeah. I never heard anything about Regina King. If y'all heard something about Regina King, write into us at 
the exit strategy podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, just let us know. We'll <laughs> share it next stories. week. You know, but I never heard anything about Regina King. She was on two two seven. You know what I mean? She's in all all of our hood favorites. You know what right. I'm saying? So we know her. We've seen her through, like grow. Yeah. And we don't ever sal- we don't salute her enough. Let me just say that because I think people have is she like, underappreciated? I think she's underappreciated. Okay. I do. I think that. She's not in the conversation when people talk about like their favorite actresses. Like they just bypass her so much. And she's like been consistent. Yeah. She's been very consistent with her talent. She's good. She's a great director. She's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. And I think that we should support Regina King more. Because I love it. And I love her. I love the way she cries. <laughs> she has a solid cry. Viola Davis, when she hit that snot nose cry and uh fences, everybody's everybody's gone. Ooh. And and you just that's that snot cry came from um it was on How to Get Away with Murder too. And uh, wasn't she in in uh, Antoine Fisher? Um, don't stop. Don't make me start lying. I ain't seen Antoine Fisher. You haven't seen Antoine Fisher? I've seen it, but I haven't it seen it. All, one I, of my all I remember is, movies. what do you want, nigga? That's all I remember. <laughs> I, I, my favorite part was uh, when the mom or the, the grandma would cu- call the, the kids, niggas, and they'd come, <laughs> they'd come down the stairs, cover my dad. They'd run down. That's how I'm going to talk to my kids. Nah, don't do that, Keith. Why? That's funny. Is it? That is funny. There's certain things you have to do to your kids that are just funny. Well, I think that when I have children, Lord, let me have children. Uh, I think that when I have children, I want to like send them for the remote control that's like three feet away because Ooh, that's that, gonna irritate me. That, that was that was hey, that's what that's like your dues as a child growing up in a black household. That teaches you patience. That doesn't teach you. <laughs> it does. It's like because you want to you want to snap, but you can't. It's like it's right here, mom. No, you can't do that. I'd snap. My mom ain't trying to like that. You're the only child. <laughs> that's the, that's because you're the only child and. I don't know nothing about Korean moms, but black moms don't play that. That's true. Uh, Viola Davis was in Antoine Fisher. She was the mom. The the real mom? The real mom. Oh, okay. And Antoine Fisher went to her house, and uh, he gave his... That speech? That yeah. Speech. Oh, you, that was that Why'd you her? never come for me? Yeah, yeah, that was you know, Viola I, I Davis. I come outside, and I, I walk to the corner, and I thought you were going to be there. Yeah, oh, I, I remember that one. Wow. I, I actually uh, I did that speech... In a drama class, and this girl played uh, Viola Davis. She yeah. was like, she played it well. Uh, but yeah, that was a, a touching movie. Wow, yeah, yeah. Listen, um, y'all better go revisit Antoine Fisher. Antoine Fisher, boy. Listen. I don't, I don't see, uh, I don't even know his name. But Derek I just call, Luke with that heavy ass tongue. I just call him uh, Antoine Fisher whenever I see him. <laughs> he looked like his, in that he thing? looks like his name could be Antoine yeah. Fisher. He looked like an old Antoine ass <laughs> black Antoine man. Ass, <laughs> Russell Simmons back in the news with this Me Too Ooh. moment. He back in it. Like this, this author, activist, and reporter, her name is Seal Lie Abrams. I think that's how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. She is, she wrote this book and she had like these, she wrote all of this stuff. She exposed these people, but she didn't use their real names. Uh-huh. Come to find out, it was, she was talking about Russell Simmons and AJ from fucking 106 in Park. Ooh. Yeah. It's like, and he, she, she's basically saying that NBC is trying to bury these accusations because they're not, like, giving it any credence. They're taking a, a long time. And it's like, you would think that because the Me Too movement is popping right now, like, and I hate to say it's popping like it's a trend, but it's people are really paying it more yeah. attention. You would think that they would be at the forefront of that to support their female employees or anybody who has any kind mm-hmm. of grievance like that, you know? Um, but she was saying that they trying to bury her shit. Like she been told them about it. They not really doing, dragging their feet, and that's kind of fucked up. Ooh. Yeah, you know? Russell Simmons. Uh, man, I think he holds something 
near and dear to my heart because when I, uh, you know, we got to give a shout out to Carlton. Uh, he put me on yoga. He put us the same yeah, day. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, Our boy Carlton and, did uh, put us up on that yoga. And black people do yoga. Black men do yoga, and we did that hot ass yoga class hot too. Hot ass yoga. It, it He's was, a teacher whew. now. For, yeah. For, shout uh, out to Carlton. Carlton yeah. Yoga damn near saved my life. Yeah, that's good. And uh, I was going to his his studio, mm-hmm. and then uh, it was a little too expensive, so I had to go to one closer to my neighborhood. He was giving me the free passes, bro. You better get right. I, well, <laughs> I, I had the free passes, but uh, when I was, it was time to sign up for the monthly. It was oh just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, ain't trying I can't to pay that do it. Fifty, but that, that it's a Beverly Hills. Or, it's really nice, it's bro. So it's so nice. They, they give you those uh, aloe vera towels. No, that's not aloe vera, bro. It? That's eucalyptus. eucalyptus. You better, you better get on your essential oils, my brother. <laughs> Uh, the, the floors were nice. Uh, the bathrooms were nice. Everything yeah. was great about it. Uh, yeah. Then I switched to Moto Yoga, which is just just as nice. Mm. A little less expensive. First day I walk in, I'm sitting next to Russell Simmons. Oh, that's dope. And I knew I was doing something right. I was like, all right, if I'm sitting next to the guru, I'm doing something right. Right. And now he's catching these cases, and it hurts me. Yeah. Because you know? I ain't really watch. I watched the Cosby show. Right. But... That I was a little, I was more like a Fresh Prince. You know? Yeah, okay, that was your era. That I was see my that. era. So I watched the Cosby Show. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Bill Cosby taught me how to mop from one of his episodes. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know what episode he was teaching Rudy how to mop, but I mop like Bill Cosby. <laughs> you you mop like Heathcliff. Let's keep it real. Let's yes. separate that. Yes, separate the. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you mop like Heathcliff. That's true. And Huxtable. Uh, yeah, but. Russell Simmons, man. See, the thing about the Russell Simmons stuff is like, I don't know. I don't really have no idea of Russell Simmons. All I know is, thank y'all for coming out. God bless. Good night. That's mm-hmm. all I know from Russell Simmons. I don't have any kind of like, you know. I, I, I've you heard know, some. Uh, I've heard some stories where he's not that. He's not a good guy. Yeah. Um, a little brash in nature. Mm. And so these these accusations don't seem far fetched from the character that you know. Or that you heard of, because I don't want to say you know. See, I don't want to just uh, yeah. throw a throw a, a Me Too accusation on him. Well, I'm but not I don't throwing it on him. I'm, I'm just but saying, I, like... I, I, I don't think it's far-fetched. That's I what I I don't mean. think it's far-fetched, because yeah. I, I think uh, Russell made a switch in his life where he decided to, you know, seek the the Eastern Yeah, so this was happening before that, you're saying, maybe. And, yeah, he, I mean, he talks about it. He's like, you know, I was a piece of shit. I was smoking. I was drinking. I was mm-hmm. fat. And you know, I found yoga, and I started turning things around. You don't turn things around overnight; it takes it's a That's process. True. That's true. So I think he is—he's he, probably not running into things now, but you never know, man. Yeah, you never know with these guys because you know whoever puts out a strong front and like this is who I am, and then you don't hear or see anything about them other than that. Yeah, they be living crazy lives, bro. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you think about this, like? influx of white people weaponizing the police like weaponizing 911 like you better do this or i'm calling the police and like what do you think that that means you know what i'm saying because they're being exposed like it, it works but then it's it's obviously not working anymore because yeah. they're being exposed that one lady when she was like calling police on the 8 year old by selling water yeah. like her whole life has been like like black twitter is not black Twitter is like the beehive. They're just like the light beehive, you know. They're justice, and it's uh, like they, they s- will pr- they will publish your <laughs> everything about you mm-hmm. that's on the internet, 
and your life will be over. And now she's on Jobs. news crying, talking about, oh, I didn't even call the police for real, which makes it even worse because yeah. you just tried to scare this little girl. You know how much trauma it is? Black people already scared of the police, or we already don't trust the police. Right. And you would do this to an eight-year-old child because she was selling waters? You don't even know what she was selling it for? What, you was mad because you ain't had a $2 to buy a bottle? Right. Why would you do that to this little girl? Mm-hmm. Are you selling waters with the permit and she's taking all your customers? <laughs> like, what's going on? You're affecting my business. Like, why would you do that? And then she got the nerve to be selling drugs online illegally. Man. Talk about we just look the other way, da-da-da-da. We just, you know, we don't, girl. And then you causing all this ruckus. Yeah. And then you get on the news and start to call yourself a victim because you're getting hate mail. White women are the best at playing victim. White women are the most protected yes. people in this country. Mm-hmm. The men that they, the men act the way that they do to protect their women. Yeah. They're overly aggressive. They, they, they put their egos on the line when they're dealing with black men because they feel insecure or mm-hmm. inferior for whatever reason. And so they go above and beyond to protect this idea of white women. You know what I'm saying? I'll say this. Uh, I feel like white guys get a bad rap, but I think white women are worse. As a unit, I think white women are worse because... We don't shoot at them the way white dudes have been taking bullets, just yeah, and and yeah. like just getting shit on, like oh you're a straight white. There's nothing worse right now than being a straight white guy. And then, but here's the thing, they deserve I, it. Fuck them. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Riley. <laughs> I fuck with you, Riley. <laughs> you cool. Uh, I don't know. I I I get it. I mean, I think... The shit uh, that they do is fucked up, too. We can't, like... There's, but, again, remember we talked about there's we, not one flavor of wrong. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Wrong is wrong. And, like, the shit that they do and the, and the shit they come up with is, is just as wrong. It's just that they, but, these no, no, white no, women flavored, are doing it differently. They're flavored, or they market their flavor as correct. But I don't think they want equality. I think they want power. White I think, women? I think white women want power. Okay. I will see. Yeah. We'll see. I think we're in an interesting place. My women got place. power, though. They. What I mean by that, I don't want y'all to look. They about to say, we don't have fucking power, Todd. I'm just about to get canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean by that is they, uh, to a degree, have a bit of power over, like I said, the white men in their lives. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, everything that the white men do is for the white woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I wish that you could say that about black men. I wish that we would stand up more for our women. I'd be saying that for so black women. I'd be taking much. I really taking. wish that we would. There should be. There should never be a time where you see a black woman being, you know, accosted by some some form of danger, and a black man walk by that. We should never do. We should always protect them because they don't have anybody else but us. That's true. Asian men, Asian women got Asian men. White women got white men. Black and black wi- men too. I be seeing, yeah. I be seeing black guys cape for white women. But all. that's what I'm saying. We need to really stand up and like put like we need to stand in the way of danger for black women. Like they do so Shit. My gr- much. You for know us. what my girlfriend does sometimes? She'll be driving and then she'll she has like road rage. <laughs> That's so funny because she's so she, little. When she gets to the car, bro, she's a different person. I'm like, <laughs> I can't yo, believe that. I can't be standing in your way when you honking at this big ass motherfucker. <laughs> He's about to get out the car and walk up to the door. Now I got to do something. All right. No, you about to give him the fade. I'll watch. I got your back just in case anyone jumped in. But if you're going to be honking at niggas, you better be able to swing, bro. <laughs> but she the be putting me is... in so much danger. No, that's so funny. Uh, 
she's a completely different person. She's so quiet. She at, is at so the quiet. House. She's so sweet. She's a wonderful person. See her behind the wheel, bro. What? <laughs> I can't believe she that. She drives this like she has This is slander. A, I don't believe she, this. She drives like she has a gun in the car. Like she ain't afraid <laughs> of shit. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm not trying to fight anyone. But she wow. Yeah. So here here's my here's my logic on white women. So okay. White men make a dollar. Okay. Per a white woman, 75 cents. Now, we're talking about equal pay. Mm-hmm. Black women make 67 cents to a white guy's dollar. So I feel, personally, if I was a woman, I would I would get everyone on one page before they approach, you know, the, the patriarchy. Because everyone's going to go up, but they're still going to be do that racial... What, do you know what happens the last time black women align themselves with white women? They get betrayed. They get betrayed yeah. every single fucking time. Uh-huh. That that whole feminist movement was a white movement, and mm-hmm. black women joined because they're like, oh shit, we women too, but it was like, y'all wasn't having like these same problems, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, y'all had your own set of problems to deal with that these new feminist, you know, answers and weren't st- really answering. It's, so, still, it's still the same. It's yeah, still, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So you, you, you have to... Fix racism, I guess. Yeah. You have to fix racism before you could try to like and, do that. And you can't call a white woman out on being racist like you could call a white dude out. You could say, "Yo, we just be- called fucking Rosanna." What are you talking about? We just called That's Rosanna. True. Is she is she a white woman? What do you think? I she thought is? she was Asian the whole time. Roseanne Barr. Yeah. Come on. Are you serious? She could be Asian, like not. Bro, you Asian. You can't see your people? No. What are you talking about? You think I Roseanne I thought Roseanne Bar- was Asian. What? <laughs> this whole time, I had no idea she was like a white woman. I, this but has to be a... Did you think no. you were joking? Uh, you a little bit. A little like bit? a dark haired. She's she's like olive skinned, close to yellow. What? It's, you know... Who she, are you looking at? Roseanne Roseanne. I thought she was Asian. I thought she was an American... Like a Americanized Asian person. Like Miss Swan? Yeah, but she could just speak fluent English. I, I, nah. It would make sense. It does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. No. Maybe, maybe that was a reach. But that was definitely that was a reach around the corner, my nigga. <laughs> like I can't even believe you would think that. Watch this leap, though. Speaking of uh, Asian, uh, okay. Asian people at at Harvard University, okay, are suing the university because they're saying they're getting capped. So. Asian students have the highest performing statistics when they uh, admit to Harvard, but they have the highest rejection rate. Really? So I think they're they're getting like the population of Asian students is about 14, 15 percent. And again, capped at 14, 15 percent. Yeah, because there's too many Asian students. If uh, it's only 14 percent, how's that too many? How many? Uh, because, what's the percentage of other students? Uh, black is at like five point five. OK. Um, Where's white? Cause that's the real issue. This is now. Here's the thing. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of people saying that by capping Asian folks, mm-hmm. you're hurting minorities. But I think this is a white male argument and saying like we're being affected now. There's not enough white people in Harvard. So the last two years, that was the first time white people weren't the major- majority. So wow. they had like 47 percent mm-hmm. uh, being admitted and. So now 52% of, of Harvard students are minorities. So I, I feel like this is a, a white guy walking in a classroom and saying, like, there's not enough white people. Mm. And I think they're experiencing the injustices that minorities have been well, facing. For I think th- they probably feel the awkwardness. I wouldn't say injustices, but I feel like— Because that, you know, okay, yeah. going to Florida State, like, 
I feel like every class I ever walked into, minus my African American class, mm-hmm. where like all the homies took it. You feel yeah. me? Like th- every class that I've ever took, I was like maybe one or two or three mm-hmm. black people, and you know we had to show out, so we sitting. Three to the front of the yeah. classroom trying to show out and hold yeah. it down for the talented 10th. You know what I'm saying? And, like, that's probably how they feel. They probably feel like it's not a lot of us and this is getting scary. But they already have this idea of white annihilation in the back of their mind every single day. But ain't nobody thinking about y'all. No, I think what's happening is. But there's no. they think that it's a concerted effort to, like, annihilate them. It's like, first of all. Your genes are inferior. <laughs> like straight up. I think what's happening is they're used to getting so they're used to getting ten seats at the table. Everyone uh, else is but used ten to seats getting two. A, but they think they think and ten now seats in a, in a table full of twenty chairs. They want yeah, ten of them. Yeah. So well, you're walking into a situation where you're used to getting ten seats. But out of twenty, everyone else has to fill in. Now they're getting Seven or eight, mm-hmm. so that that's a thirty percent drop. Right, that's a big drop number wise, statistic, sure. statistic wise. That's a thirty percent drop. That's noticeable. Well, guess if thirty percent of niggas just disappear, we notice that. That's true. So they're they're just aware of what the fuck's happening. But that, they need to open their eyes. This shit been happening before. Like this isn't something new. No, this, this feeling that they feeling is not a new feeling. Welcome to the fucking club. Right. You so know what I I'm think, saying? I think white men are. F- Finally seeing like, oh, this was like to be a minority. It's still not no. This is the this now is, this is just this is one a very two. minute example. This, <laughs> this is, is very so if they uh, feel in that a way, microcosm of yeah. what yeah, it, it's a very controlled yeah experience. I don't want to give them too much, so, but I get it. But <laughs> I I've, see what you mean. I feel like that was a Harvard University uh, is ain't well. The people are angling it as if. It's a minority versus minority thing, but I think it's a white male versus Asian thing. Yeah, because they're saying that we're gonna keep letting these white people win, and we're only we're gonna limit. We're gonna cap. We're Asians. gonna cap Asians, which means yeah. that if we don't cap the Asians, then we're gonna cap somebody else. Like yeah. we're, gonna, we're so, you need black people, you yeah. need Hispanics. But see, that's what they're saying. They're not willing to give up any white seats. You got to yeah. read between the lines. We're not mm-hmm. willing to give up any white seats. Yeah. So the the other minorities are gonna suffer if we don't cap the Asians. Right. That's what they're saying. And that's kind of fucked up. And it's like almost blatant if you read it that way. Like, mm-hmm. we're not giving up these white seats. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. You need to give these people the seats who are smart enough to fill them. Mm-hmm. You know? I think, I, and I I'm, I may be mistaken, but I feel you like are. there was a, a Trump <laughs> comment where he was walking around. It was with, uh, I don't, I forget who was his uh, original guy that, uh, the Bright Burt. Yeah, Bannon. Yeah. Him and Bannon were walking. And they're walking through uh, around some scientists, and, and Bannon looks, and he was like, where's all the white guys at? He was like, all I see are Asians and Indians. I feel like— It's so funny because they're, they're, the people they're like witnessing that, or the, they're aware of what is missing now. Well, the thing is, bro, like, you can't—when you talk, when you start talking about education mm-hmm. and who's smarter than who, like, you can't in one breath say there's not a lot of white people, you know, in this particular college when you funnel no money into— Education, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. These people are advancing in spite of no money in education, right. in spite of all these white kids going to these private schools because that's what they're doing. These these rich people and these affluent people, they have enough money to put their kids in private schools because they know that the public schools suck. Mm-hmm. And so the public schools are funded by the government. And if the government government would do better to educate the people, 
then we wouldn't vote for them. That's what they're they banking on. That's true. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's like now you can't be mad. It's like this is a cycle. You have to feed the people knowledge if you want them to make the best decisions or if you want them to be representative like in the world. You know what I'm saying? Now. I, it's just little old Todd. I don't know. People don't listen to me. We could. Uh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you why I'm mad real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble. Okay. And this is this is a retroactive tell you why I'm mad. Okay. And this is in regards to this uh this Asian student suing a university. I, I was an economics major. Come on now. Right? Our hardest class was econometrics. Okay. Now, when I was in econometrics, everybody was failing except for the Asian students. Really? Yeah. You ain't get one of you was failing? I was failing. You Asian, bro. Look, sometimes <laughs> my agent wasn't working in that class. <laughs> my juices weren't working. It was just like a, th- 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 it was stuttering. My my agent engine would not work. I was getting sixty twos. Right. See, I, I, I talked to the teacher. Everyone's getting sixty twos, and I was like, "So we gonna curve or what?" Right, right. And he's like, "Well, we can't curve because there's students getting the hundreds." Oh my goodness. So I find out who's getting hundreds. It was the Asian students. You ain't be like, cuz, so like, what the study got? Yo, get a 92. <laughs> get a 92 so we could curve eight points. You still get your 100. Right. We get 70s and we pass. Right, right. I don't think they 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 didn't want that. Because why would you they? You can't bring home a 92 when you're an Asian It wouldn't kid. have been a 92. It would have been curved to 100. It, but it's still, nah, there's... there's they didn't want the, the... They want a perfect score. Right. They don't want any... Yeah, Yeah. they didn't want to live with the guilt that they got a 92, but they really got 100. Nah, they got 100. And it, it, I was I was looking at them, I was like, yo, play the game some, <laughs> bro. brother out, man. This is... I'm, I'm, I'm on behalf of the whole class. Right. They ain't want that. I luckily... Wouldn't that. I wouldn't want that either. Luckily, the teacher did curve, and everyone passed in right. some way, you know, shape or form. But it was like... Yo, I'm really mad at y'all. Because here's, here's what I did as an Asian and black person. Yeah. If I knew I was about to do well on a test, I put black just to help the statistics. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know we needed it out in Florida. Uh, if I if I knew I was going to, like, if I wasn't going to do well on a standardized test, mm-hmm. I'd put Asian. Because I knew, we, you know, we had. It equal had out. It. Yeah. Right. I was like, we, we balanced. <laughs> you, you, we could have one outlier. But, yeah. bro, they did not want to fold. At yeah. all. And I was like, all right. I got it. I was like, you know, maybe, maybe you know, when I read this, I was like, uh, I, I feel where they're coming from because they, they can come through. That's how Howard University is predominantly Asian. Uh, the, they're, uh, I think they're like med school or some shit like that. Really? Yeah. HBCU. Huh? Right. Does that affect, does that change anything? Are you capping Asian students at no. HBCU? No. Okay, because I, I, I think their medical school thrives uh, more so than their undergraduate. I think that helps the college. I help if you have a thriving medical school that helps the college. It brings money. That means you can offer more scholarships to other black kids for other majors. But, but there, it's right. It's something like that. I don't know if trickle down like that. I Maybe. don't think. I think it's going to the Asian kids. There's black kids are not getting. I don't know. That I'm unresearched on that. But homeschool. I do kids. remember seeing going to Howard I'll University. Being like, where are all these Asian kids coming from? They're going to Howard. Yeah. yeah. Tiana Taylor's album. Well, yeah, that seemed, that was like some a little bit of drama. Like, she basically was saying, like, 
she was waiting all this time on Kanye West to be like, okay, we're going to put it out. We're going to do this. He had the final say. Mm-hmm. He uh, is executive producing things, so he pretty much makes the final call. Mm-hmm. And so she was basically saying, like, I got a call from one of my homies, like, yo, it's out. And she didn't even know. She didn't know the samples had cleared. She didn't know all the business had been done. She was worried about it coming out on time because she wanted it because she had promised the fans, you know, the album's coming out on this day. Mm-hmm. But she was still like, according to her and her, you know, these interviews I saw, she was basically like, I would have waited for a perfect project. I wouldn't have rushed it and I wouldn't have just thrown it out there because we promised them a day. I just would have rather apologized and said, Hey guys, it's coming out next week instead of this week. Ooh, you can't do that. Yeah, but not, if you want to. Not perf- when you're on the Kanye rollout plan. Right, but that's the thing. Your ego is allowing you to say, oh, we we didn't make a mistake or we're going to put it out, no. whatever's out. Kanye Kanye gave a lot of energy to. And to be Kid honest Cuddy, with you. Uh, he gave a lot of energy to Nas and Tiana Taylor. His album. Suffered? wasn't as fleshed out as it could have been. Because, uh, first and I of felt all, like none of them were, really. A if lot you, of them if are. You look, like, if you look at all of these albums that came out in this summer, I think it was a very adventurous feat to with these particular artists. Ooh, I, I think and Pusher I think that, put out his best album. I'm just, but, I'm, Kid Cudi came back, sauced his... What I'm telling you, on, what I, I'm telling you is that to, as a whole, mm-hmm. if you look at all of these albums, I am like not... Impressed. Why? Like, I mean, it's like I'm, I appreciate it. I think they're solid albums. I don't Mm -hmm. hate them. I listen to them. You know what I'm saying? But it ain't like, like, for example, when the Kanye West album came back out, came Mm -hmm. out, I didn't go back and listen to Pusha T anymore. When Kid Cudi and Kanye came out, I didn't go listen to that other Kanye anymore. When Nas came out, I didn't listen to the Kid Cudi anymore. Like, that's, it's not like these are bangers that I'm gonna like just put into like my repertoire of music that I listen to all the time. Like they were like, I was exposed to, I thought, oh, this is cool, but I haven't, I don't have a favorite on any of these albums. Like it was a moment that I consumed because of the hype around it, I guess. But like if they had come out at any other time, as opposed to the succession of these albums like this, if they had come out at any other time, I would have been like, mm, it's okay. It's, it's not bad. I, it's I just, thought everyone I think it was, was tip top. Listen, this is y'all... The, the best Nas that I've seen. Sure, it was great. Because Nas, Nas has one or two songs, and we were talking about this with Pop, Don't do that this. are good, but you can't listen to Nas on a bad beat. And I think you could listen to uh, this, this album that he dropped. Nas had seven songs with great beats, and Nas went in on it. Well, and that's all Nas was missing. I just feel like when you have seven songs, mm-hmm. because it's so little, they all have to be bangers. I because thought they were all bangers. Because the problem is when you have a when you have an album that's like fifteen songs, you can throw in some fillers right. and like you know let me rest my mind and do some passive listening before the next banger comes on. But each, you only have seven songs. Yeah, and I, I think that all the albums were dense. I thought that they were they were good, but they weren't great. They were good, but they weren't great. I think they were a they were unique good. sound. I just think that you have to. I think that when you look at the the workload that mm-hmm. Kanye West had by producing thirty five songs, I think that of the thirty five, you might have twelve really good songs, and that's including everybody's album. You know oh, what I'm man. saying? But it's everybody else. All the other songs are just good songs. Like they're not bad at all. Like I don't want to take anything away from the effort. It was a very advantageous effort. You know what I mean? See, my favorite. So, for example, on the Kanye album. My favorite was uh, Ghost Town. Just, but according to the listens, that's not even top three. Right. Uh, yikes. And uh, there's a couple other songs that 
They they outrank uh, Ghost Town. So I feel I feel like Kanye gave away more effort on everyone else's project except for his. I sure. like Kanye's album maybe because I'm biased because I'm a fan. But I right. thought Tiana uh, Taylor got a good a good. Uh, I liked her album. Like I said, it was good, but it wasn't like I think great. it's a new. It's I listened to sound. it a lot too. I listened to like I I because I I can't really say that I'm super familiar with her body of work. Yeah. I was really excited to see what she sound like and what her like move was, you right. know. And so hearing it, it was like, oh, I can get with this Tiana, yeah. like you know. But she didn't seem to be as happy with it. And so now she's re-releasing it, and she's adding more content to it. I think that she probably had that in her her mind the whole time. Like we'll release it with seven or eight, and then we're gonna come back and re-release it with a full length album. Yeah, she doesn't. You gotta trust the. You gotta trust it. You gotta you gotta trust the rollout plan. There there's a reason why. Do you think her that previous album, when I looked at it, the miseducation of whatever, it's like twenty songs. I was like, I'm not. I'm not it's a mixtape, right? I don't know, but it was a lot of songs. But this gave me a chance to but you listen think to about, her. You gotta think about how long she's been bubbling. Like she she was signed to like um, Star Trek back yeah. in the days, and she's been bubbling since then. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. She's just been itching to get this music out so she could really be the star yeah. that she wants to be. And so I feel her on this whole idea of I just want to put out my best effort. And if this isn't my best effort, then I don't want to fuck I, with it. I think she is unsure because... I can roll with that. There, it's, it, seven isn't a lot. It isn't enough for your for your big... Like, it's right now... But it could Tiana be. Taylor is not... Tiana Taylor is not the same Tiana Taylor that she was when she first started, when she was on Star Trek. Mm-hmm. She has become, like, this oh, fucking sex symbol. Yes. Above nothing. I, like she I was is, thinking sex goddess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you that. She has become this sex goddess. Uh-huh. Um, and that that particular attention and platform has, it makes us want to root for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it makes me want to root for her. I yeah, and, and she has a, it, from... What it looks like a very healthy relationship that you can yeah. admire, and you're like, oh, yeah. I like, I like what they're about. Yeah, I do too. I I, I like their relationship. She's yeah. a mom too, so she's doing yeah. everything. She is doing everything. I think she has to trust the rollout plan because I would have never listened to the Tiana Taylor. She got a new fan because the project was light enough for me to give digest. Her, okay. Digest. Okay. And the way we're moving now is, I don't have the attention span for like Drake's coming out with. 20 songs. I'm not going to listen to all you that. You are. You are. I'm, I'm going to listen to it once. You're going to listen to it, though. And then I'm not going to... His mm. last four albums, I haven't listened to all the... Like, I listened to it once. I'm like, uh, it's it's not worth it. But now Drake has something to prove. This is going to be a new Drake, my yeah. nigga. Like, this is going to be... This is our first exit strategy. Drake was our first exit strategy. That's so true. now we're going to figure out if he listened to us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he has the opportunity to change the game and, like, really... Because think about what Drake did when he came out initially. Drake changed everything. We Uh was snapping. And ain't no no shade to snapping because everybody was, you know, shaking their laughing tails. 808s changed everything and Drake capitalized off the the 808 movement. Sure. But like, everybody started to sound like Drake after that. That's fair. Nobody was sounding like Kanye West after 808 because nobody fucked with 808 when it first came out. But are we doing that to Kanye's? body of work or the the good music body of work right now are we just not fucking with it be, because it's yay or no are we, here's the thing because pusher's album is but great this is, but here's the thing bro like like i talked about before like kanye west 
like Erica Badu, this happens to her sometimes where they'll put out music mm-hmm. and we won't fuck with it because we're not ready for it yet. Yeah. And then it'll grow on us or we will grow up into it. It's like getting a, a pair of shoes that's too big. You have to grow into them before mm-hmm. you can start loving them. And so maybe that's what's going to happen with these 35 songs. You know what I'm saying? So I'm interested to see. He's going by the time fluff. By the time y'all hear this, Drake would have been out. Drake yeah. is going to be out. And if y'all have anything y'all want to add to this conversation about uh, Drake's new album, hit us up at the exit strategy podcast at gmail.com. I ain't gonna tell y'all again. We've been trying to get y'all to write in y'all and nobody ain't sent nan uh, email. Someone, someone someone tried to challenge me the other day. Uh oh my friend Fatia. Yeah. <laughs> Fatia was she, mad. She yeah. was like, what is this? This well, is young, blasphemy. Young Thug is the new Pac. Tia, don't do it. Don't 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 take the bait for Tia. And and she challenged me. She didn't write in. She was like, "No, nah, I want, I want the fade right now right on now. Todd's page." And I was yeah. like, "All right, I'm gonna give you the." Those fade. my friends because I, we, I, we, I squared we up with her life. and I gave her a little jab to see what she was working with. And what? And she was she she was she like was all right, formidable. She's all right. All right. She's all right. I <laughs> now I respect her, but the argument was all right. That's okay. what I'm saying. Just respect. Look, the the people who are saying that, Tupac. You listen to Tupac's music. Uh, I th- this, is, I, this is what Fatia was saying. Uh-huh. When you when what the things that you associate with Tupac are his intellectualism, his passion, and his like uh, his presence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Tupac walking to the room and everybody's looking at Tupac mm-hmm. and everybody's listening to what he has to say. They're they're like like every word. They're like hanging on every word that he says because he had that power to express himself in such a beautiful kind of way. Mm-hmm. Young Thug is not that. At all, like we won't, we will not listen to anything that he says outside of the music. Whereas Tupac will, will be able to have a conversation about how we, as people, as Black people, can further mm-hmm. ourselves and how we can be better. Whereas Young Thug is just not that. So to say that he's our version of that but is, we're, is, but we're talking about I when I when I saw Tupac, you wouldn't even say I, that Kendrick Lamar in that regard is is more Tupac than Young Thug. Cause you, cause what you're doing when you make that comparison, brother, is you are tarnishing a little bit of what Tupac is and what he represents to a lot of people, and that is somebody who was very thoughtful and mm-hmm. somebody who was very like, you know, we have to do better. He was a product of the Black Panthers, for God's sake. That's fair. So for you to come in and say that this ragamuffin as Young Thug, uh-huh. no matter how much you respect his artistry, because we're mm-hmm. talking about a total package. Mm-hmm. We're not just talking about music. We're talking about a total package for you to make this. Because Tupac wasn't just a rapper. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? He was a force. Be real. I think he was better as a force out of the studio than he was in the studio. Cool, cool whatever. But he's not, he's like, Young Thug is none, none of that. Okay, so this is this is what I'm saying with Young Thug. All right. All you're saying, in I know the, what you're in saying. The era, you're, look, you're, all you're saying is that there's a bunch of hyper masculinity happening right now. Uh-huh. There was a bunch of hyper masculinity happening when Tupac was around. Yeah, and when I think Tupac, that, that okay. had a lot to do okay. with his death. It was it, okay, he but was my, pushing hyper masculinity right. when he didn't need to. Okay, but at the same time, bro, like Tupac was a breath of fresh air in that moment. Mm-hmm. This, he is like a oh, but that's chest that. cold ass cough, <laughs> not a breath of fresh air. I I this is what I think. For the moment where Tupac uh, was in rap, he embodied a free black man. He was uninhibited. He was thoughtful. Yes. He was all of those things. Um, That's what we needed at that moment. Okay, but what are you saying? Right now. I want to hit a thesis, brother. Right now, what we need is a different type of free. And And you think that that free that we're looking for, it resides in... Yes. Young thug. Yes. Here's the thing. We're, I remember we're, one time we're conflicted. We're conflict. We're 
bounded by dogma. We we feel like as men, there's Bound. certain things, there's yeah. certain things we can't do because it's looked at as gay or it's looked at as. Uh, I don't think that's like that anymore. Mass- it I don't is. Think that's like it still anymore. is. Listen, young Uzi Vert is thriving with them shoulders. Right. You hear me? And, and they're and, all from the same era, and they're all breaking these these molds and these uh, barriers that are holding black men back. In, well, what in my I'm opinion. saying is, what I'm saying is, when you directly compare mm-hmm. Tupac to Young Thug. I think that you open up yourself for ridicule because Wyclef said it. I, so what? So <laughs> he what? Agreed. Look, what I'm telling you is that Wyclef and you are short sighted in that comparison because y'all are not looking at the totality of. We are Tupac. looking at the totality because you can't. You're be. dismissing what you young are, thug is because he's an old. You're an older male looking at this young guy like no. oh this is just bad music no, you know I what's don't funny wanna... about that because you really opened my eyes to that like uh-huh. you you and i had a conversation about uh quote unquote mumble rap right uh-huh. and you said something that really opened my eyes and really made me open my mind to what this generation of music is and mm-hmm. i hadn't i couldn't do anything it's but respect freedom. it you said that mumble rap is like jazz music it's like these rappers are like scatting for the sound, not for any kind of convention right. of hip hop. They are making the sounds, and it doesn't really make sense to the people who are used to a certain brand of hip hop. Mm-hmm. It's just like people w- didn't really accept jazz at first. They right. thought it was an abomination. It and I a, think when uh, when when I when we hear that jazz, we're like, oh no no no, he's not that. But the we idea. haven't digested absolutely what he is and how his, what his purpose is in. The world, so he's not going to be an activist. He doesn't need to be an well, activist because we already is, have a Tupac. He's going to be well, somebody I think who that you breaks. Should, I think you should phrase your comparison very different. I think that you should really give us some examples and give, and really like really. He's just a, like he's boil an, it down. He's to, an uninhibited black man, and just I think, like Tupac. Say that, but don't don't make a comparison like. He is our generation's Tupac because but he might gen- be. But our generation's Tupac would be the the whoever like the totality of, of who Tupac was. No, in he's, this not gonna be, he's not going to be. He's not going to be. But then you Tupac. can't call him. You can't call him our he's generation. Be our version of Tupac. Which is, what I'm telling you is that the version of Tupac, whatever, however he comes, is still going to be an activist. If anything, you could have said something like Vic Mensa or whoever who is like an activist in his own right and but, doing. The definition of free is going to be different from time, era to sure, era. So sure, sure. He may be fighting things, which he is in the fashion world, where he's breaking in with Kanye and doing things that I don't know what he's doing. Enough, I, I don't know what there Young aren't enough, there aren't is enough. doing in fashion except for wearing dresses, which he's more than welcome to do. I'm not bashing that. Mm-hmm. But that's the only thing I know that he's kind of like walking this line of like he's fashion Prince. or whatever. He's just now he's Prince. Prince. First he's, he's Tupac, now like he's Prince. Prince. Keith, you these, are losing. These guys are good. You are losing. These guys are saucy and we need to listen to them. Sure, we can listen to, to them. Like I'm not saying that he, I'm not saying don't go listen to this or do that, whatever, whatever. But I'm just saying he's do not compare him to these people who I hold near and dear to my heart because you are, it's almost offensive. It's, it's and almost, I understand what you're saying. I it, absolutely do. But I'm just saying you need to phrase it in a way that will just make everybody that's happy. Uninf- because uh, I think that, I listen, I understand what you're saying. You're saying uh-huh. that Young Thug represents this idea of, you know, this free, you know, masculinity. Black men that free, we and, need and, you know, I understand in our that. culture. That's what we need. Okay, our I get culture that. Our evolved. Sure. I, I get that. I'm, not, I'm, I'm all for that. Uh-huh. Let's roll with these young men and just support them as much as we possibly so can. So we can't but give them high titles because it's not about of the high title. Cool. You you didn't compare Tupac to anybody before him. Why Young Thug could be his own outlier. I, 
Don't don't do just don't compare. Let him be his own man without uh-huh. any kind of like juxtaposition to anybody else. Let him be his own icon in his own kind of way. Because like I said, you end up you you risk diminishing parts of who Tupac was that are really important to the character of Tupac, at least to me. Uh-huh. You know? So So can you listen to a Tupac album all the way through? <laughs> you can't. You can't. Saying can. you can listen to a Tupac album is is like saying you could uh watch Colin Kaepernick and enjoy all of his highlights. He has a couple of good highlights, but what he's doing is bigger than football, and what Tupac did was bigger than rap. Sure. What Young Thug is doing is bigger than rap. He's breaking down molds that what else we is would immediately say is gay. What, what else is going on in the news? Because I'm, I'm off this. Because And I hate I hated to shut you down like that, brother, but we're, walking, we're talking in circles, and this is not going to get us anywhere. So That's fair. You... I, off stage or off uh, off record, Todd would be like, you know what, you write about Tupac, or you write about Young Thug. Just I like wouldn't he, say you write about Young Thug. I would well, say we gotta that see, you're we gotta about... let him develop. Because when Tupac was going and becoming Tupac, we didn't appreciate Who? what he was doing. You did in the moment. I was, I was a Tupac. He was fan. brash. He was he was a, he was aggressive. And then once he passed, Listen. then we're like, oh, this is what he was, and we. I was on that. I was on that. First up, fucked your bitch in the click you claimed. That was me all day. But that that was him not being who he really was. Indeed. You're right. Everything that he was doing. I said you right, Keith. I said you right. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who are we going to have the exit strategy for? The exit strategy. Uh Uh-huh. The exit strategy should be for Dame Dash. Okay. Put some respect on my name. And... I know it's, it, it would be natural for us to give the exit strategy to Lee Daniels um, in this situation that they're going through. If you don't know what's happening, um, Lee Daniels stepped to um, Dame Dash when he wanted to have his, you know, directorial debut and mm-hmm. was like, look, I need some money. Like, you helped me out with this film, but now I'm doing my own thing and I need a little bit of, you know, you know, I need a little investment on your part. Dame Dash was like, cool, you know. We can do that, you know, whatever, whatever. We had a successful project before that worked. So now let me give you a little whatever, whatever. Here's $2 million. Here's the caveat. Pay me my fucking money back, you know? The movie was precious. Precious happened years ago. And Dame still ain't get his money back. And Dame ain't get his $2 million back. Man. So what do you think he should do for the extra strategy? How how does he get out of this situation? And what will he be preserving? Like, give us all of that, Keith. I think Dame Dash needs to change his approach. His financial approach? What what do you mean by that? So Dame Dash doesn't work within the system. And I think that's what worked for him initially when he was getting Rockefeller off off the ground. They had a very drug dealer approach. Mm -hmm. Invest all your money, get your product, and sell the product and double your money back large, like, high-risk investments. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think he still has that approach. And Mm. uh, to my knowledge, when he was on The Breakfast Club, he he said, when I have $2 million, I give my $2 million away, and then I expect my investment. So he's he's not building to last. He's Mm. not building wealth. He's he's just... He's getting large amounts of money, sending it out. Still risky, huh? Yeah, and I don't think that is... Sustainable in our workplace, like in our workplace, you can't just come up with two million dollars and like, where'd you get that money? Oh, that's Dame Dash. She needs to be an executive producer. You can't. It doesn't work like that. There's mm-hmm. paperwork that needs to be filled out, and I don't think Dame wants to work in the system because he's so good at working outside the system. 
So I would change his uh, – if I was named Dash, I would change the approach. Um, I, I think he works – he moves weird. And yeah. <laughs> I think that's why Jay-Z stopped fucking with him. He just moves very brash and aggressive and weird and sideways, and you don't know where what the fuck's going to happen if you give him if, – if he trusts you with money. You just got to give it back to him. So he needs to get his money back, and he start he needs to start building to last. Yeah. And if he doesn't do that, he's just going to get burnt out, and he's going to lose his money. He's going to he's, his kids aren't going to have enough money to live off of, or his kids' kids, which we've been focusing on, is building that generational wealth. Maybe he should holler at Jay. You know, Jay just opened up his own like uh, I don't think venture capitalist situation. Yeah. You know, maybe that he'll be able to help, like and you know, helping with these new principles that you're trying to get him to understand. Because you're right, you can't be using this old 1999 ass drug tactic, dealer, drug dealer, Scarface approach. Yeah, <laughs> like you can't do, this, especially in in a industry that's volatile, like uh, the Hollywood, like. Yeah. What movies bomb? Yeah, they spend a lot of money on movies and they don't go anywhere. You know, like look how many movies on Netflix you pass. Right. <laughs> that was an investment for somebody. You know what I mean? And I think that you can't be that risky. And then, and then here's the thing: if somebody owe you two million dollars in two thousand four, and you you mean to tell me you could catch up with him and before two thousand four? You got to run up on a nigga at a Diana at Ross, a Ross concert. <laughs> That's not the right way to do things. But that's the hood way to do it. Yeah. But and I think that, like you said, he need to move away from that. But again, they already had like, you know, pending lawsuits yeah. and all that stuff. Like they already had all of that. So it was like, you still ain't get a man this money, even mm-hmm. after y'all don't been to court. So it was like, now nah, I really got to come see you. Because it's so hard to get straight once you, when you hand someone money under the table or aside, like outside of the system and then you try to go use the system to, to get, get your money back, back yeah. it doesn't make, you can't do that. So yeah. now you have to run up on a nigga in a Diana Ross concert <laughs> like, yo, where's my money? Right. And I don't think he's going to get his money back. I think he's going to get it back. I think that Lee Daniels is going to be shamed and he's going to give him his money back. Yeah. I think so. Hopefully. But, I, but you know what makes me, what that makes me think of? It's like, and, um, this is two separate situations, but I, I'm speaking to the character of Lee Daniels. Uh-huh. I think that when we were listening to all these things about Monique being um, difficult to work with, we uh-huh. listened to Lee Daniels and we didn't even we questioned it because we said, you know what? She might be a little, you know, hard to work with because mm-hmm. the little things we know about her, you know what I'm Calling saying? Calling her manager daddy. But that's her husband, so, you know, that's their thing that they do, so whatever. I ain't judging that. But I'm just saying, like, we now can look at Lee Daniels' character and say, you know what, brother? Your tarnished. word is not as golden as you think it is. Yeah. Like, I knew somebody, this person that I used to know, um, whatever. I used to know this person who was an intern for him at when he was doing Precious. Uh-huh. And he had a very terrible, terrible experience that's working fair. for Lee Daniels. And... You know, now that like hindsight is twenty twenty, you know what I'm saying? Like all of this stuff from Netflix is a direct result of, of people saying that she was hard to work with. And recently, she just put out this these tapes of her conversation with Steve Harvey, and it was basically Steve Harvey was like, "Well, what do you want me to do?" You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that what her 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 ploy to like she knew she was recording him, and she was trying to bait him into like. Yeah. Do these kinds of things. She had this whole idea of let me speak to Medea because Medea is authentic and all that stuff. And if I was Tyler Perry, I would have been insulted because mm-hmm. it's like, look, 
Madea don't run business like I run business. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I make business decisions. You're looking at a, a fictitious character and you're trying to relate to this character, which is cool, but this ain't got nothing to do with Madea. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you want to work with Tyler, Madea ain't got the kind of money Tyler Perry got. So yeah. you need to be petitioning and listening to Tyler. But I think that Monique might feel slightly validated by saying, I told y'all. I told you so. Yeah, I told yeah, yeah. y'all. I told y'all. Y'all threw me under the bus. Yeah. I that that was very split. I, I think we were very split on Monique. And I don't think we claimed her to be difficult to work with, but that was that was a moment where we were like, uh, oh, there there's a lot of sides to the table. Her approach right. was wrong. That's I, what I that's think, what it was. I think we I were think like, her approach was wrong and I think Dame's approach was wrong. Yeah. But sometimes you got to run up on somebody. And Absolutely. I, we're getting to the point now in America where sometimes you got to run up on the nigga. Yeah. I saw Nipsey Hussle smack somebody. Oh, man. And I, it was like, sometimes you got to do that. The thing is, people <laughs> think that because you famous that, oh, you hit me, I'm going to sue you. It's like, oh, you're going to get these you, hands bro. before we get I, this and lawsuit. We'll settle. And we'll just settle. Or you could just drag them through court. And I think that could happen today. Yeah. You get dragged through court and, and you, you don't have like, enough, uh, yeah. en- uh, enough lawyer fees to keep sustaining. And then uh, you have $5 million in, in lawyer fees versus... The two million that you're trying to get, it's but not you, even worth it. You know at that what made point. me sad though? Like Dame was like talking to him, like you could see it in his body language, mm-hmm. like bro, wh- what you did to me was wrong. Like you didn't even invite me to like the Empire, like yeah. you know, lunch party or whatever. Like you didn't even invite me to these things. Like you know, you owe me money. Like why would you do me like that? Dame. I had to run up on you. And <laughs> you think I came to see Diana Ross? I came to see you because I knew you would be here. Dave Dash runs up on people. He did that with Kanye. He was like, yeah. Kanye needs to call me. And now Dame's all, all in like Kanye's videos and shit like that. It's like, you you got to change your approach, bro. You got to adapt because that aggressive, like style of business isn't cool. It's not good. And people you're not ain't gonna want to work with you. No. They they scared you gonna come up to the goddamn right. office like. You were supposed to pay me back a month ago. It's like, bro, that's not how business works. Did Things you see, happen. Did you see that video of him where he ran in? Jay-Z had a business meeting, and Dame Dash wasn't invited. And this is when the split was happening. And yeah. Dame Dash found out. He stormed into Rockefeller. He was like, yo, y'all niggas had a meeting without me? And <laughs> it was just like this lot, like... 10-minute video of him yelling, and it's very uncomfortable. Everyone's just quiet, putting Shuttering. their heads down. Yeah. yeah. And Fabulous made a video uh, mocking him. He's like, y'all had a pizza party without me? It was, just, <laughs> it was a funny moment. But, yeah, Dame is brash. And and working with that type of business, is it's not fun. Because nah. you, 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 really f- yeah. you don't know what the fuck you're getting. Yeah. You have on any large, given day. Yeah. On any given day, you don't know what's going on. But that's not to say that. He ain't justified because it not, ain't like he's it justified. ain't like get your money back because it ain't like this was a month after Precious came out. Uh-huh. Precious been out for a minute and you'd have made skillions of dollars since then. You know what I mean? You could have handled this years ago. Mm-hmm. And then like if you listen to the video, he's like, "Let me give you my number," which means Damon don't even have the number. Yeah. Like I can't even call you. So this is the only number. way. This is the only way that I can come up to you and get my money or even have a conversation with you. So that's why I feel like he did it the way he did it because it's like, yo, I can't even be civil yeah. because I don't even have your phone number. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He Hollywooded him. He definitely Hollywooded yeah. him. Thought that uh, four-hour flight from New York wouldn't happen. Yeah, you thought now, it was a joke you, too. You enjoying the Diana Ross concert? Just imagine that you're just like. But this is the thing. How the, the songs but, but but here's the thing. How did he know? Like somebody must have leaked it. 
Because you mean you just came, you just I think you think Dame Dash is the Diana Ross fan. He just was like, <laughs> I'm gonna just go to the Hollywood Bowl and just go. No, he and knew. I just happened to see, right. Knew. So somebody had to. And he brought the camera crew because you got to do that. You got to hold niggas accountable at the highest level. And I think Dame is at a point where you can't smack somebody because he still has business ventures that he's probably working on. Yeah, but we. I mean, so you still so. Social shame is the new smacking. Absolutely, I think this, I and, think that's how it is too. That's how. Uh, yeah, that run him his money, and Dame change your approach. That's the exit strategy. Adapt because times yeah. are changing. Yeah, and that's a good. We one. want you to last. That, that's I, good. I like Dame Dash. I like Dame Dash's energy. Um, I, I like really what do. he did, and I, I like his theories on things. But when I watch him, I I could tell he moves sideways, not wrong or not. Uh, it's just weird. It's just an unorthodox way. approach, and I get why. Yeah. I mean, I feel like his tactics may have worked in the past, but like you said, the system is evolving. Yeah. We are evolving as people are. Our thoughts mm-hmm. are evolving. Like activities and things that, that you could do in the hood now, you can't do that in the hood no mm-hmm. more. The things you could do in the business, I mean, you can't do that anymore. You know what I'm saying? No. So you have to move in and grow with the community. And, yeah, you have to adjust, bro. Yeah. So, Dame... We hope that you are successful in everything that you do, brother. We want you to get your money back as much as you want it back. And we just hope that you can grow and be more uh, <laughs> fiscally responsible yes. and not just loaning all of your money out and do, like my, and do like my mama <laughs> say. If you, ain't, if you can't afford to give it away, don't loan it because that's the quickest way to lose a friend. Right. You want to put people on real quick? I do want to put people on. All right. Yo, let me tell y'all something. If y'all are not listening to Kamasi Washington's new album, you're losing. If you don't know who Kamasi Washington is, you sleep. You know, Kamasi Washington is from Los Angeles. He is the son of, like, musical parents and educators. You know what I'm saying? He, you can find him on, like, uh, everything that came out of TDE. He's been doing, like, the uh, background saxophone shit for Ken- Kendrick Lamar. And, like, he works a lot with Thundercat. He was just in Coachella. I just seen him in Coachella. He recently had an album release party in Lamert Park last week, Thursday. And it was amazing. I'm watching this brother play. And it's like... The first thing I thought of is, like, this brother is using his discarded air. Like, when you breathe out the air, that's waste, kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. He's using his discarded air, and he's putting it through this instrument. He's making this instrument well. He is, like, really bringing life to this instrument and then making it do things that it probably wasn't made to do. And it's beautiful. I think that we should all check it out. Um, you'll be better. You will thank me. Trust me. Um, he's, he's, he's dope. The name of his newest album is Seven and Earth. <laughs> So y'all check that out. Um, it's available everywhere, I assume. Um, we ain't getting no money from him, so we ain't going to do all that. But he started with uh, Thundercat, right? Yeah. Okay. He's dope, man. He's it's w- it's weird to hear, like, because I like John Batiste. Okay. Um, Put me on with John Batiste. He's the band leader for Colbert. He's a New Orleans guy. But, oh, yeah, that young dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but just like him, he's he's... He comes from a jazz family. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then when you, like, break down the origins or the family tree, like, they're all connected to, like, one family. You're like, oh, shit. Like, this, yeah. this is, like, presidential shit. It's like, like Game oh, of Thrones. Yeah. You're, like, music is in your blood. Yeah, literally. It's cool to hear um, Kamasi Washington is just, like, cut from a higher cloud. You can't just pick up an instrument right. and shit. 
got to be like put in you through genes and like you got to have that creativity. Yeah, man. We're going to put the link to maybe his so his uh, social media so y'all can check him out. Um, he's really dope. Really, really dope. If you into that kind of music, which you all should be, because we need a break from lyrics every now and again. Go and let the music you know, soothe Talk your soul. You. Yeah. You know, like and, like a mumble rap. No. Nah, nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> but but the thing is, like uh Kamasi Washington is like really like I said, he's making these this instrument wail and sing and do things that you never thought a saxophone would do, make sounds that you never thought a saxophone would make. And he's doing it with such passion and such like you know, it feels like love and like pain all at the same time. You gotta listen to it, bro. Nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. I'm a I'm a I'm selling here. the fuck out of it now. Yeah, that's a good sign. I looked at his album artwork and it's weird and I like weird. Yeah. So yeah. I'm with it. Go on that journey. I'm Word. telling you, you won't regret it. I'm about it. to go on that journey, bro. Yeah. Word. Well, that is our podcast for today. Thank y'all so much for Woo. keeping keeping Episode up with us. Episode five, man. We 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 floating. So thanks for uh, being the air beneath our wings. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Hit us up at the exit strategy podcast at gmail.com or at the exit strategy podcast on, on Instagram. On Instagram, mm-hmm. our our page laid out. We're waiting for uh, more comments to be had. More arguments come. Come, re- I'll wrestle you in the comments. I ain't, I ain't afraid to get my hands dirty. Right. You know, win, lose, or draw. Look, That's, you know, I'm in them. Look, my my friend Fatia is strong. She been through yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. She's strong. That's why I didn't. I I just gave her the respect to follow her and kept it moving. <laughs> I was like, I, I got your. I'm not. You know, you got the best beat. I'm not gonna argue. You yeah. know, I'll, I'll give you the W if you get the W. You don't. But it's cool. We thank y'all for listening. <laughs> Come on back next week and uh. Y'all gonna try this engagement. Now come on now, y'all y'all just engage with us. You know, we ain't gonna ask you again now. Thanks so much for listening.